Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here. I am so excited today because I have Laura Calari here with me, and she is someone who coaches alongside me in the Unsuff program under Leslie Hooper Coaching, and so we get to work together a lot and teach on a lot of different concepts. And recently, we posted on social media, she posted one post, I posted a different post, ironically, I think the same day, or maybe a day apart, about makeup. And the question was, is wearing makeup a body image issue? And we get this a lot in our coaching calls and in our community. So we thought that it would be a good idea to just bring it to the podcast, have a conversation around it, and we would love to hear what you think. Is makeup a body image issue? So Laura, what do you think? Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Is makeup a body image issue? This is so difficult to answer because makeup is not a part of your body. It's something external that you put on your body, yet it does change your appearance. So it is and it isn't because, I mean, after doing all my own body image work, I kind of went to from one extreme, which was wearing makeup mostly every day, definitely only on some occasions, to experimenting with not wearing it at all because I was like, you know... If I'm fine with my body, I'm also fine with my face. And that means I accept myself as I am and I don't need to wear makeup. But then I kind of realized that that's really black or white, all or nothing thinking going on there. And <laughs> there are some things I like about wearing makeup. I'm a makeup artist by trade. It's something I spent a lot of time learning about. And I do see how it can transform the way people feel about themselves but then that kind of brings me back around to the circle of if it makes people feel better then maybe it is a body image issue it's such a good point and being a makeup artist is a weird space to be in it's kind of like us being in this weird fitnessy nutrition space where we don't really hand out diets and meal plans and calories and things like that but we still work with people on their goals on living their healthiest life and sometimes that includes desires for weight loss even though we're just like eh, no to diet culture and being a makeup artist being an artist being the operative word here it does kind of put you in a position where you are transforming people's faces. I spent a lot of years as a makeup artist as well. I no longer do that. I trade, but I know what that feels like to take someone and transform their face, their skin, help them highlight features that they would maybe consider their best features or something like that and see their confidence rise. And so that's kind of a fun thing to do. And it allows for a lot of creativity and things like that too. A lot of individual self-expression, which I personally love about makeup. But like you said, if it's making them feel better about themselves, then is it a, you know, like, isn't that a body image issue? And for me personally, I think it's kind of yes and no. Yeah. Everybody likes really binary answers where things mm -hmm. are right or wrong. <laughs> but that's not necessarily the case, right? So an example that I might use or something to kind of consider is, do you accept your own bare face? Something that 
pictures and editing and makeup and things like that do for people is they, it trains your brain to kind of look at you a certain kind of way. And so if you don't spend any time looking at your bare face, or if every time you look at your bare face, you're like, "Ugh, I need to put yeah. my makeup on or <laughs> put my face on or mm-hmm. something like that. And the only time you like your face is if it's made up, then you're training your brain to see your made up face, your polished look as good and your bare face as a problem to be solved, something to be embarrassed about. So that's where it gets a little bit dicey in the body image part is like, how do you feel when you're barefaced? How much time are you spending looking at your bare face and not being critical, not pulling the skin back, not smoothing out your wrinkles versus what, how you treat yourself when your mascara is on and your blush and all the things. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, you can kind of compare that to saying, I only like my body when it's lean. I don't Mm -hmm. like my body when I've gained weight and not accepting it at any size. It's kind of, you lose, if you've lost that respect for your body, the same way that you lose respect for your bare face, it's a bit of a problem because that's you, that's how you are. And you can't get more authentic than your bare face. But when you were talking, it kind of reminded me of a conversation I once heard you and Leslie Hooper talking about where you were saying you can compare your body to your house. You can want to love and care for it and decorate it. And that's a nice thing to do. It doesn't mean just because you've got a house and you like it doesn't mean you have to let it kind of not be adorned, not be made your own, put your own stamp on it. And I think when you look at it through that lens, you can apply that to makeup as well. That's kind of, that's the fun side of it. That's what you can do with makeup. You can express yourself, like you just said, through makeup. And that applies to all genders, all races, all cultures even. It is a way of adorning and it's also a way of signaling to the rest of the world, this is who I am. Yeah. So when I was, I was reading an article recently and somebody was talking about how she has decided not to wear as much makeup as she did before. And sometimes she goes barefaced in the workplace and people treated her very different right. when she wasn't wearing makeup. And the thought was, but something that she said, and I wish I could cite the article, but I have no idea where it came from. But something she said really hit me as important because she said, when did society start treating women without makeup like they were not fully dressed? And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah that's, that's that's kind true. of the thing. It's the, you I, haven't made an effort, you know, mm-hmm. how dare you show up like that? <laughs> right, right. And it highlights kind of the gender binary where, you know, mm. that isn't the same we all have to be groomed, right? Men have to groom their facial hair and do their hair and things like that. But women are expected to take at least some extra effort to also decorate their skin and face and hide any flaws or imperfections. And that's not universal across the board. Although makeup is becoming more acceptable across gender binaries, which I think is really amazing. And so it is two sides of the same coin. One thing about that comment though, about people treating you differently when you weren't wearing makeup kind of goes back to what I was saying a minute ago though, because 
if your brain is used to seeing your own face made mm. up and thinking that's a good thing, and then you go out into the wild <laughs> around people that know <laughs> you and they're used to seeing your face a certain kind of way, then yeah, when you walk in bare face, they're going to be like, are you okay? Yeah, you I've had today? those comments before. Are, yeah. you, are you feeling okay? <laughs> you look tired. That's what I yeah. get. You look really tired. I'm like, no, nope, just got no makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> nope, this is just how I look. Mm. Sorry, I'm ugly, right? So, but that's <laughs> yeah. how it makes you feel, even though you have done enough work around your own face and seeing it bare face. And I don't mean you as an individual, but those of you who are mm. accepting their own bare skin as their whole face and it's not a problem, it makes it very difficult to feel confident going out in public without makeup on when you get comments like, are you ill? <laughs> Is everything okay? Are your children okay? Is your <laughs> Does your husband know you're out like this? Like all that kind of stuff that people are so interested and bold to make comments on somebody's appearance instead of just letting you, I don't know, pick up your milk and bread and go home. Yeah. I mean, as a makeup artist, people always have to sit in my chair without any makeup on. And one of the first things they say to me is it's an apology. Essentially, it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I look like this. Like, I don't normally look like this. I'm like, this is your face. Like, why are you apologizing to me? And then they expect me to make them look better in their eyes than they do. Yeah, that's such an interesting socialized behavior. Yeah. I'm sorry I look like this. Mm. Apologizing for our appearance. The same thing happens with weight gain. If you gain weight yeah. and you go out into your social circle that you haven't been in a while or you fly home to see your mom or something like that and you immediately have to confess point out the obvious, say, yes, I gained weight kind of thing. Like, oh, I know I've gained some weight. And like, these pants are really tight. Like just letting you know, I'm aware of my flaws and my problems. So you don't have to tell me. So I don't have to feel like, are you actually thinking that it's more, let me just put it out in the open so that it's there and apologizing for our body, our appearance, our face, you know, our lack of makeup, our unkempt hair, whatever it is. Yeah. And another thing they say is, oh, we have to get all our makeup done before the photographer arrives because we don't want any pictures of us without makeup on. Because the <laughs> photographer, it's normally weddings that I do. So the photographer will arrive about an hour before the bride gets into her dress. So normally everybody's done by then in terms of hair and makeup. But so many of them hate the thought of the photographer coming early and taking snaps while they're kind of in the middle or haven't got any makeup on and it's just fascinating like I was talking to a photographer this morning and they were telling me how they spend so much time editing wedding pictures to get rid of double chins people are even even asking for moles to be removed from their faces now in the editing process but a lot of the time the photographer will just do it anyway even if the bride or whoever hasn't asked for it. Yeah. So that's, it's interesting because I think one of the things that kind of pushed that narrative aside from the makeup piece, when we come back to body image and the size mm. of people's bodies is their idea that eventually I'm going to lose weight and look the way that I want to look. So can you just edit these very special pictures so that when I finally do lose my weight and look like my dream version of myself yeah. and I look on the wall, these beautiful photos, I don't hate them 
then kind of thing, right? And so instead of capturing a moment in time and saying, this is who I am, this was who I was, even if you do lose weight later or change your body or whatever, bodies change, it's very normal. And so looking back and saying, gosh, I wish I would have lost the weight before the wedding or something like that, it misses the whole point of why we look at pictures in the first place. And that's to, you know, hold those sacred moments and continue to be reminded of what they are. I had a similar experience when I just had branding photos done a few months ago and I got the original photos back and I loved them. I loved them so much. And then I chose the photos that I wanted and, you know, they always polish the photos up and make them, you know, take out the shadows and whatnot. And then I got the edited photos back and I no longer loved them. They took away my whole face. <laughs> I'm oh, like, this is no. not who I am. <laughs> I'm like, this is not at all what I look like. They smoothed every line and made my mm. skin into porcelain and really, really brightened up my teeth. And I already have white teeth. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> basically <laughs> taking like, away your personality. <laughs> that's exactly how I felt my face had no personality left and there was no authentic expression in the photos. And so I emailed them back and said, will you please remove this respectfully? Your work is beautiful. You've done a beautiful job. I really appreciate it. Love, love, love the photos. I just want to see my face. And they, you know, of course responded really nicely and said, absolutely. We'll pull back the editing. Mm -hmm. I know it's their art. I know editing is also an art form for photographers and editors and things like that. Like this is just the basic editing we do for everyone. And my thought was, what a bold assumption. (laughs) But you didn't even ask for that, did you? You didn't ask for (laughs) them to like take away anything, but they did. It's just, it's their standard editing package and they'll edit more if you would like them to, but their standard editing package is, you know, to make you as flawless as possible. And that did not compute with my eyeballs. And so I ended up just having a lot of resistance toward those photos and, you know, sending them back and saying, can you please pull the edits off? And, you know, I'm like, if you need to brighten up the color or something like that, because there was a shadow or the lighting was off, that's fine but let me have my face (laughs) and and they did. And the pictures turned out beautifully, but it is interesting that the assumption, that assumption didn't come from nowhere is the point. The assumption that people need that level of editing comes from being asked for that thing, right? Nothing in the marketplace is just made for nothing and for no reason, right? It's always created because someone somewhere has asked for it over and over and over and over again and someone's decided first of all why would you want to look like this when you can look like this and this version is so much better and I think coming back to makeup that's kind of how it is now with all the kind of light and shade techniques like there is an art to that you can do Mm -hmm. the same on a canvas it doesn't have to be on a face I'm talking about sculpting contouring highlighting that sort of thing but now it's like if you don't highlight this parts of the face you're not beautiful yeah well and it one thing that it does kind of come back to that we're starting to see layers be peeled back more and more now but is the beauty standard that we have is a european beauty standard so when we talk about contouring and highlighting all the contours and highlights are placed in a way that takes you closer to proximity to what is the beauty standard and the beauty standard is European beauty standards, meaning, you know, more chiseled cheekbones and jaws, thinner noses, eyebrows that, you know, are more highlighted and prominent and things like that. And so 
we, you know, shading in deeper set eyes instead of like having a flatter eyelid and stuff like that. So even in, you know, Asian faces and things like that, there's always like, just give me a false crease, things like yeah, that. So exactly. It really does push you toward one one idea one standard exactly I, I didn't realize that until I actually got a Chinese bride and she was basically asking me for the opposite of the western beauty standard mm-hmm. so I went away did my research and it's very very different it's all about kind of very pale bright skin loads of glow and shine but all over the face and a lot of sort of pinks and reds on the eyelids but barely any mascara they don't like the massive lashes and then lips almost bitten that kind of look Mm -hmm. but completely different they don't want the massive blown up doll like looks that's the fashion right now in western society it's a complete contrast and it's all about looking very young versus I don't know the young younger generation now to me look a lot older from wearing a lot of makeup and it's kind of like there's this ideal age that everyone has to be, which sits somewhere yeah. around like between 20 and 25, in my opinion. But that's kind of where the makeup's going at the moment. Such a good point. If you're 40, you should look 25. If you're 13, you should look 25. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is our obsession with young adult aesthetics? And why have we decided that that is the standard, particularly for women, though? Because yeah. men get to age and become, even now that we've heard this over and over and over again, that men get to age gracefully, they get to be distinguished. Mm. And we're seeing more and more men do Botox and like facials yeah. and things like that. Like we're seeing the shift and change toward youth for men too. But the difference I think is that when it comes to women, if you allow yourself just to age, it really does minimize your value and your worth in society in a lot of ways, where in some other cultures, as you start to age, you become the wise one. You become respected. the go-to, yeah. respected, honored, revered. And in our culture, it's like, oh, you're done now. <laughs> yeah. No, like your life experience is a natural thing. Like yeah. Women getting taken off the TV for being too old, right. that kind of thing. Right. Mm. Exactly. A real recent example of this is the new Tom Cruise movie and Tom Cruise of course has had a lot of work done and (laughs) you know everybody's like he's a vampire he doesn't age I'm like sure he does (laughs) he does absolutely age but he has a lot of money and a lot of access to procedures and things like that to keep him looking like he doesn't age which you know to each their own but the woman who played alongside him oh yeah um, and got replaced by someone younger Mm. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even ask her. And when they interviewed her and said, hey, are you offended that they didn't ask you? She's like, of course they wouldn't ask me. I'm old and fat. You know, I'm 65 and I'm old and fat now. You know, I look like a 65 year old woman. And that's not to say that, you know, everybody who's 65 just gains a bunch of weight and whatever, Mm. but she's been through so many traumas. She's had so much go on in her life and she just expected that she wouldn't even be considered for the role she's like of course I'm not and and she was very happy for the girl who got the role and whatever and it's just what you know she was very gracious in her interviews but even still with her being supportive and her acknowledging her age and therefore that would be like excluding her from any opportunity to be highlighted Mm. in the new version still the media blasted her and said of course Tom Cruise is still the guy but of course she's not 
you know, oh. and put her, you That's know, side so by disappointing, side. isn't it, it? It's so disrespectful. Yeah. It's so disrespectful. It is. Why couldn't they have taken the other stance on it and gone, there's something wrong here? Why couldn't she have just been in the movie the way she is? That's the true representation of who of her and other women of that age. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's not even necessarily that she would have wanted to take the role. I'm no. fairly certain she's retired in general, but it's just interesting that not only did they not ask her, but she knew 100% that they weren't going to. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, a, it's just, of course, they're not going to ask me not to make a Such cameo a mean girl question. Nothing. Isn't it? Yeah, mm. it's just, of course, they're not going to ask me. Why would they? It's just an inner knowing that we as women have that at a certain point, our value is lost through the way that we look, the size that we are, the way that we present to the world, regardless of our lived experience and what we have to offer. Yeah, that's so true. I see that with a lot of mother of the bride as well, mothers of the bride, I should say. Like Mm -hmm. when I put makeup on them, they're just blown away. They're like, I didn't know I could still look like this. And that makes me feel really sad. It's like, no, that's you. That's that's still you. (laughs) Like I haven't, done anything to you I haven't changed you I haven't made you younger or more beautiful or whatever it is you think you see or feel that's still your face it's just paint it's just a little bit of paint (laughs) bringing it out yeah yep exactly that that actually makes me sad too like oh I didn't know I could still look like that it's like you're still beautiful yeah beauty is something that I think as a society because there are beauty standards we just have a sort of idea around what that actually is going to be. So we've all collectively, without our own permission and thought, agreed on what is beautiful and what is not. And that's by design. Our brains are super good at creating habits in order to be efficient. And so there's no reason for us to challenge beauty standards as long as we are in close proximity to them. And even when we're not, even when we start to age and things like that, we've just kind of accepted it as the way things are, or we use a lot of our time, energy, money, dreading it, trying to resist it, trying to correct it and things like that so that we can hold on just a little bit longer to that, that beauty standard and our place in that. But we don't really question it because why would we? Everyone collectively just agrees that this is beautiful and this is not beautiful so when you do start questioning it when you do start saying like why is that beautiful and this is not says who and why then you start to see beauty in a whole new way you start to see beauty so much so much more deeply because we don't do that with anything else really in nature we love all sorts of puppies all shapes sizes hair lengths and attitudes and cats and other animals Mm. rocks trees flowers birds everything is just like so interesting to our eye and we see so much beauty in nature and in life but in human beings it's just like oh no 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 not you you go over there you don't fit the mold (laughs) it kind of makes me think of children how the way they see beauty in things like nature and animals and that kind of thing and humans because they haven't been sort of socialized yeah they haven't got all of that information that we've had they they haven't been brainwashed brainwashed essentially so (laughs) they look at things with wonder and appreciation and then I've noticed as well sometimes when they see someone really made up they get kind of freaked out by it 
And I remember having, I had a memory as like a three-year-old at my ballet school and um, my ballet teacher had these like long green painted nails and green eyeshadow. This was the 80s. But I remember being really scared of her for that because I wasn't used to seeing women wearing a lot of makeup and all this adornment. And you just, I don't know, you just made me think like, do children see that that's not real and that's not what's really beautiful? And that would it'd be great. But where, where did we lose that? Yeah. Well, we we lose that right around that age. Yeah. Is right around three years old is when they've recognized that body image issues and awareness starts at around three. And doesn't necessarily mean that it's occupying their time and thoughts like it is, you know, for those of yeah. us who are adults and in our teenage years and prepubescent years, but there's just an awareness around the right and wrong way to have a body and a face and things like that at that very early age. And I don't think that that's just the way things are. I think that's directly due to socialization and what we consume around us. So what we're exposed yeah. to, sort of like you were never exposed to someone with green eyeshadow and nails yeah. and all the things. And so you were terrified because of exposure. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, that's different. Like mm. this lady's a monster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all were in the age. She was probably just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it is, it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation, but makeup has been around forever. Makeup has been around for both genders forever yeah. and everything in between until what like the mid 1800s I think is when it started to shift toward females and that was due to the crown and religion no surprise there it was started to be outlawed as immoral and vain of course and you know mm. all of these things that are so wrong with the world <laughs> how dare you paint your eyes that is very <laughs> vain of you but before that it was very symbolic you know, it was something that men and women did for various reasons, religious reasons, ceremonial reasons. It called on, you know, certain colors, called on certain gods and traditions and things like that. People have painted their faces as a form of expression and communication for so long. And so that is why I'm like, it's really in and of itself, makeup is neutral. It's what you make it mean that mm -hmm. makes it a body image issue or not. And it's what you make your own bare skin mean that makes it a body image issue or not I think yeah and it's kind of how much work are you putting into it like we talk about beauty work as in the amount of effort and time you spend thinking about and performing these acts of beauty if that's costing you more than you want it to like if it's making you uncomfortable if it's making you cringe if you don't see yourself if you don't do that work then that's where it gets a bit sticky I mean I think it's fine to enjoy putting makeup on. It's kind of like a timeout. It's a bit of a ritual. It can be a bit of release for some people. But if it's, you know, if it's something that if you don't do it, it makes you feel uncomfortable, terrible, that kind of thing, then is it really, you know, what's that saying? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you bring up cost and effort because there is a, a cost financially for makeup you know it's a yeah. beauty is a big business and if there is a cost in time and effort too you, if you spend 15 minutes a day seven days a week that's 60 hours a year that's <laughs> what could you do with 60 hours a year mm. all of you who are thinking like you don't have time for hobbies and like doing things <laughs> you want to do and, like 
maybe shave half that time off of how much time you're painting your face if it's only so that other people will perceive you as a certain kind of way if you're only putting on your makeup to manipulate or change someone else's perception and opinion of you then maybe reconsider how much time and money you're allotting to hoping that someone else will have good thoughts about you and start having good thoughts about yourself save yourself the time and money and do things that interest you if you do it because you love it do it because you love it yeah that's, that's fine. totally fine yeah. If that's how you want to spend your time and money. I mean, clearly that's how I want to spend my time and money sometimes. Like I'm more like a four minute face a day type of gal. And then I'll go glam like on date nights yeah, and things like that when I want to have some fun. But like, I will have no problem spending the money that I spend and the minute a day that I spend penciling in my eyebrows. I've talked about it many times on different <laughs> platforms. I don't grow eyebrows. I prefer to paint them on, <laughs> you know, I know it makes me look more awake. I know it gives me a fresher look, but I have no problem walking out the door without them. I have no problem going yeah. to the store or That's running an errand or, you know, walking around in front of my husband or anyone else talking to my friends and not having my brows on. Sometimes I joke with like, if Eileen and I are Marco Poloing or something like that, I'm like, I don't have my brows on today. So if I look <laughs> asleep, that's why, you know, and, and I just know that that's a fact, right? It's just the way that it affects my face. I look a little more tired because I don't grow them. <laughs> yeah. People that have naturally dark brows and actually grow them in beyond the first like quarter of an inch of their eye, <laughs> they get the natural advantage of looking more awake, no matter what time of day it is. <laughs> Yeah. So I give myself that advantage and I have no qualms about it. So here's a question. What is the makeup slash beauty product you will never be without? Oh, that's a really interesting one. I think for me, it would probably be skincare over makeup. I don't know if we're talking about skincare here. Okay. I'll just, I'll just say makeup because the topic's more makeup. Um, oh God. I don't know because I'm, a, I'm all right with not wearing it. Oh, I used to say mascara. But now I'd probably say lip liner. Hmm. I don't know. I can't decide. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not that attached to either one of them anymore. I don't know. What about you? Well, very clearly the my brown. eyebrow pencil. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> very clearly my eyebrow pencil. I could go without lip color. In fact, I most of the time do because I tend to chew it off. I just, I don't know. It doesn't last on my mouth for whatever reason. <laughs> and even though I own quite a few lip pencils and Mm. liquid lipsticks and all the things for funsies but still like it lasts a very short amount of time and I'm too lazy to reapply it usually so well this is the thing the, like there's this new technique isn't there lip blushing where they it's a bit like microblading when they just apply pigment to your lips and you don't have to top it up again for two years and I've been considering having it done just because I love wearing lip liner but then the other part of me is thinking, but who am I doing that for? Like, why, why would I need that? Why do I need to stick needles in my face? It's a good question. <laughs> like, I don't need to do that. My lips are fine as they are. Like, if the lip liner's not on, nothing's going to change, essentially. So why do I need to spend time, money and pain, quite frankly, doing that to myself? I don't. Yeah. Well, so that's... That's an interesting topic because I just got a tattoo on my rib cage and my rib skin is fine, but now it has a tattoo on it and I like it. And today mm. I peeled off the bandage from it. And so I did not know this, but now they put this clear bandage over tattoos that lasts for like a week. And my tattoo artist told me to pull it off on day five. Today is day five. And as it sat there, your tattoo kind of 
leaks ink a little bit. So underneath mm. the bandage, it was just really blurry. I couldn't see my tattoo beyond the first day that I got it done. And so as I pulled it off, I got to see my puppy's eyes just oh. looking out at me. And I was so pleased. I was getting all teary all over again in the shower, which is just <laughs> ridiculous. But, but I love seeing it. How is that any different than tattooing your lips or something like that if it's just a form of self-expression and not a I need to do this because well maybe I don't want to spend 60 hours a year on my makeup and I have to have yeah. makeup on because other people need to see me as a certain kind of way mm-hmm. and so then I'm going to tattoo it to save myself some time and like again more power to you if that's what you want to do but <laughs> if it's just like you know I just really like it when my lips are cherry red or whatever I'm gonna go and put those on Yeah, I mean, it kind of is like, I just kind of like the way it looks, but why do I like the way it looks? This is it. That's the socialization, isn't it? Like I've been trained to think that looks better than my lips as they are. And I'm kind of against that now. I'm kind of like, but I say no, (laughs) I say say you're all wrong and there's nothing wrong (laughs) with my lips as they are. Yeah, I'm still applying lip liner. (laughs) So (laughs) kind of, yeah, in the middle there. (laughs) I wonder what effect that has if you were going to go every two years and have your lips tattooed. Mm. And maybe this is an irrelevant question to people who can afford to do that and who have access to it because they can also go get lip fillers. But I just wonder what that does maybe to the collagen long-term. Maybe it stimulates it because injury can stimulate collagen, but I wonder if it breaks it down. I wonder if the ink and just having that on your mouth yeah it's like trauma to your mouth essentially I wonder I wonder if there's any um, breakdown or anything I'd have to google it I don't know if you guys know please let me know I would love (laughs) to hear if you know if prematurely ages your lips that would be interesting to know and good to know right like maybe that would affect your decision because as we age as our collagen in our lips reduces anyway and our lips start to shrink yeah as it is you know so which is why it's considered more youthful to plump them up well, this was a fun conversation. I don't think we answered if makeup is a body image issue. And I think the reason we didn't answer it is because there's no answer. It could be a body image issue and it could be a million other things. And so like, this is like everything else that I tell you, do whatever you want to do, but do it with a sense of awareness. So you like your reasons tell yourself the whole truth, tell yourself the entire story and not just bits and pieces of the story. And even if you are putting on makeup to manage other people's expectations and perceptions and the way you show up in the workplace and things like that, just have that awareness so that when you are choosing to do it, you're deciding for yourself every day saying like, I'm putting this on because I want people to treat me respectfully. There's something when it comes to body image that, listen, you don't have to go over every hurdle if you don't want to. Some things are just easier to participate in than to try to dismantle by yourself. If you have someone in your company and you love your job or you love what you get to do, but your supervisor really prefers that you look polished and together and put your mascara on, you're just like, listen, I just don't want to fight that supervisor or whatever. Maybe you like your reasons and that's okay. I just want you to know your reasons instead of just following blindly and saying, this is the default. Women wear makeup and they're supposed to, and we're supposed to look young and makeup is beautiful and my bare face is ugly. And that's the end of the story. Like that's just a lie you are told. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. And that's coming from a workplace where I was expected to wear makeup every day and a lot of makeup because I was selling makeup (laughs) but 
it was really difficult sometimes for the people I worked with. I was managing them and sometimes they didn't want to wear it. They just didn't feel like it. But I still had to say, look, this is part of the job. You've got the freedom to go and work somewhere else. But this is part of the job description. This is, you know, part of it. And I'm going to get in trouble if you don't wear it. (laughs) And so are you. But that's it. You've always got a choice, haven't you? You've always got the choice to either fight against something and suffer the consequences, maybe, or just go along with it if it does make your life easier, but know that it's coming from your own decision. Yeah, absolutely. That it just makes me think about people who have skincare concerns, maybe people who have very sensitive skin, who get breakouts from even just the mildest of creams and lotions and things like that. And the expectation, the universal expectation that they should hide that problem, cover it up, make it into a problem, a personal thing that they need to spend a lot of time, energy, money trying to solve instead of just Mm -hmm. allowing them to exist in the world with the skin that they have, because they need to cover it up in order to make everyone else feel comfortable around them. It's an interesting thought. It is. I feel like we could talk about this forever. (laughs) I think so too. I think so too. But I won't make all of you listen to us blabber on about makeup forever, but I would love to kind of hear all of your perspective. Are you a makeup wearer or not? Have you always been the stance that you are today? Make sure that you write in and let me know. Do you have anything else to add here, Laura? Did we kind of cover it? Yeah, I think we did. I just, I'm just so interested to hear what everyone has to say, because I do have this conversation with people a lot. And it's so interesting hearing everyone's different views. So please write a comment and just tell us what's your stance on it. Yeah, absolutely. Reach out. My email address is in the show notes and you can let me know what you're going to do with this information. Screenshot this, share it on social media and tag Laura and I so that we can come and join the conversation in your DM so that we can celebrate with you and have those aha moments as well. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more on these types of topics, be sure to rate and review the podcast. It helps me so much more than you know. Make sure you reach out, share on social media, tag us, let us come and join the conversation with you. Let us know what you think. And if you are someone who is curious about their own body image and working on those things, we have a program inside of Unstuffed. It's called Unfiltered, where we discuss this topic, and so many more unraveling your thoughts and opinions around your body, how you present yourself, how you feel about yourself, and how that relates to the world around you. So make sure that you get on the wait list for Unstuffed. And the way that you do that right now is take the very cool quiz that is also linked in the show notes. You get to learn what your diet personality is, if you are a permitter, if you are a restrictor, and you get a lot of really cool information to help you navigate those things while you wait for the doors to open again. Feel free to check that out and we will see you on the next one. Bye.